Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from the Old Testament reading of Ruth, chapter 1, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, life is not fair. Life is hard. Life just kind of sucks sometimes. I'd hoped by this point in my life I would have had things figured out a little bit better. I just don't see the purpose of anything. Like, what's the point? Why does nothing ever seem to go my way? One time, just one time, can something go right for me? Why is everyone so against me? What did I ever do to them? I'm never going to be good enough. I just can't seem to get my life together. All I want is for somebody to hold me and tell me that everything's going to be all right. These are things many, if not all of us, have said or thought at one point in time. Maybe even how you're feeling right now. And you may have thought after I said these things, Pastor, I swear that if you tell me to be thankful in the midst of all the crap that's going on in my life right now, I'm going to lose it. So, on the eve of Thanksgiving, what are you thankful for today? We'll get to that shortly. In the Old Testament reading from Ruth, we hear about a woman named Ruth, her sister-in-law Orpah, and her mother-in-law Naomi, who is a widow. Ruth and Orpah are married to two brothers, Naomi's sons, and the two brothers both die. Naomi and her husband had originally came to Moab to get away from the famine taking place in Israel. After her sons die, Naomi decided to return to Bethlehem. She heard that the Lord had given the people food. She told both her daughters-in-law to go back to Moab, to their people, to find new husbands. Because even if she found a husband for herself, she couldn't expect Ruth and Orpah to wait around until she had more children for them to marry. Orpah goes back to her homeland of Moab, but Ruth clings to Naomi. I don't know how this looked, but I imagine the way a child attaches on to your leg and won't let you go, so you have to walk with your kid wrapped around your leg. Naomi says, go back, and Ruth gives this beautiful response of devotion and commitment. Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. There's just no way Ruth wasn't coming with Naomi. It was as if she was sticking to her marriage vows she made to her husband and applying it to Naomi. Until death parts us. In this, Ruth is leaving behind her gods, her homeland, her people, her genealogy. When they arrive in Bethlehem, we see now, we see how Naomi has responded to life's circumstances. Naomi, whose name means pleasant, tells the people, Do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. Mara means bitter. She had much to be thankful for. She lost her husband and her only sons, and now she has a young woman clinging to her. Bitter indeed. 
There is no thanksgiving to be found here. That, however, is not the end of the story. Along comes a man named Boaz, who is a relative of Naomi's dead husband. Boaz had heard about all that Ruth had done for Naomi, leaving her land, her people, for a people she didn't know. So he said to her, The Lord repay you for what you have done, and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. To find out how the story ends up, let me tell you briefly about the history of Israel and the laws they followed. In Deuteronomy 25, we hear about a law that says that the dead husband's brother can marry the woman, his sister-in-law, and then the firstborn son would bear the name of the dead husband and would also receive that man's inheritance. Even though there was no living brother, a close relative of Elimelech, Naomi's husband, could also do this. And in this way, the name of Ruth's dead husband, Malon, would not become extinct. This is what is known as a kinsman redeemer, who was responsible for protecting the interests of needy members of the extended family, like providing an heir. A redeemer could also redeem land that a poor relative had sold outside the family, or redeem a relative sold into slavery, even avenge the killing of a relative. Ruth and Boaz hit it off, and the story seems like it's going to be a match made in heaven. There's only one problem. Boaz is the second closest relative, and priority goes to the first closest. The city gate is the place where important business took place, and this is the place where Boaz and the other unnamed redeemer meet. After the closest kinsman refused to marry Ruth, Boaz was then free to marry her himself. In a very special way, God used Boaz to fulfill the very prayer which Boaz had prayed in Ruth too. The Lord did bless and reward Ruth in a very meaningful way. And in the end, bitter Naomi becomes a blessed grandma and cares for her grandchild Obed, who becomes the grandfather of King David. And you might be there sitting, having heard the story, and you say to yourself, what does this have to do with me? Think about bitter Naomi who lost everything, probably felt abandoned by God because her family line had ceased. Think about pagan Ruth, a Moabite, a Gentile, who leaves her pagan nation, her family, her heritage, to a place where she did not know, to a God she did not know. We are the Naomi's, who seem or feel abandoned by God because of all our circumstances in life. We are the Ruths who are far from God in our unbelief, in our doubts, and in our sin. Listen to what Ephesians 2 says. Therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. What hope did Naomi have in having a family? What hope did Ruth have when she left everything to follow Naomi? What hope do we have in our sin? No hope. No hope at all. What we do have is the punishment for our sin. Death. Eternal death.
hell. When all seems hopeless, that's where God steps in. Boaz enters Ruth's life and becomes the kinsman redeemer for Naomi's family. And we see in the Gospel of Matthew, Boaz and Ruth both mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus. Through the kinsman redeemer Boaz, we have our redeemer, Jesus Christ, from the line of David. As Galatians says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. When the time had fully come, at just the right moment, Jesus comes to redeem us. And if, as Ephesians says, we who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Christ came to bring us to him, and he did this through his death and resurrection. He opened the way to salvation. He brought us forgiveness and the promise of eternal life for all who believe. And even though there's snow on the ground now, and I know it's not Christmas yet, I'd like to point out that Ruth's journey to Bethlehem, where the kinsman redeemer is found, is just like Mary's journey to Bethlehem, where the redeemer of the world is born. And you might have one final thought, that being, what does this have to do with thanksgiving? Well, today I am thankful for Ruth, and I'm thankful for Boaz. I'm thankful for the line that was redeemed, that led us to our Redeemer, which is, of course, what I'm most thankful for. I'm thankful for God working in the lives of believers to be faithful, and I'm thankful for God working in the lives of sinners to lead us to faith and repentance, that no matter how dark the day is for us, and I know that we all have them, that there is light, there is hope, because Christ is our light, and Christ is our hope. Sure, you probably expect me to give you First Thessalonians. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I just did, so you're right. And I'll give you First Corinthians too. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for Jesus coming from the line of David through Boaz and Ruth and for bringing us forgiveness and victory. There is plenty of crap we will experience in life because life is hard and it's not fair and it sucks sometimes. But that's exactly why Jesus came, to do something about it. His death and resurrection doesn't mean that our earthly life will get better. His death and resurrection guarantees that all who believe will have eternal life with no more pain, no more suffering, and no more death. His death and resurrection gives us the promise that he is with us and walks with us in all the great days and the crappy ones to give us refuge in the shelter of his loving arms. And that maybe, just maybe, through the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us, we will be able to find a little thanksgiving for what he's done for us. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.